Welcome to Deep Well Astrology. I'm Allison Disler, a psychological astrologer and somatic educator. And in this podcast, we'll explore how astrology can illuminate our embodied consciousness and nourish our soul. Hello, and welcome to Thursday, October 20th, 2022. And we are wrapping up the tail end of this Libra season. And here I am, astrologically excited to move towards the Scorpio season and this next installment of Eclipses. And by astrologically excited, what I mean is incredibly curious and intrigued for myself and others. I am a Scorpio rising person myself, and I've been following the unfolding eclipses as soon as the nodes moved into my Scorpio and Taurus axis. So for me, that's the first and seventh house axis using the whole sign houses. And if you don't already know or haven't already looked at your natal chart, just check out what houses are ruled by Scorpio and Taurus. So those are the houses that this upcoming eclipse, this first solar eclipse, which we have on Tuesday, October 25th, followed by the Tuesday, November 8th lunar eclipse. That axis is where the eclipse energy is going to be happening or pinging back and forth. So it's been doing this a bit all year, but we're kind of ramping up uh, to this next cycle here. The way that I like to look at the eclipses is the place where the south node is, is the place of decrease or letting go or endings, however you feel comfortable looking at that. And then the north node side, or in this case, the Taurus side, is the place of increase, new beginnings, and, you know, adding things. So we've got increase and decrease. And this interplay has been happening all year. So the things that were going to be evoked or brought up by this eclipse cycle coming up next week is not going to be around a new theme. In fact, you may have been working with some major new beginnings and endings all through this year, especially since we had that eclipse on April 30th, I think it was, so that April 30th and the beginning of May. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that's going to do in these next couple weeks. And also to talk to folks who are following me astrologically or who I'm seeing for readings how that's playing out for you. So we're going to have some of this reverberating back and forth, and we're also going to have the Sun and Venus move into Scorpio coming this Sunday or early Monday. So a lot of tonal shift is happening over this weekend. One of the things that I'm going to preemptively say here is that during the next couple of weeks, during the eclipses, I'll actually be eclipsing myself out to the southwest U.S. in New Mexico for a writing retreat. So I will not be here the next couple of weeks, and you will see the next episode come up after that November 8th eclipse. But before eclipsing myself out to the desert and then going out to visit a friend in Wyoming, I wanted to introduce this idea of giving and receiving from the perspective or point of view of a Venus in Scorpio. Last week, I spoke about a Venus in Taurus, which is opposite the axis line from Scorpio. 
I think it's perfect timing as we are getting to the point once again, where many things are going into Scorpio and it'll be really nice to digest some of this idea archetypally about Scorpio and Taurus as we go into the eclipses. So we're all going to be having some Scorpio energy coming up and knowing the house of your natal chart where Scorpio lives is a really good thing for the next couple of weeks, just to take notice of the themes and what other planets live in that house for you. So we're all in for some new territory opening up this weekend. And like I said last week, I like to think of the Scorpio-Taurus axis as the axis of the tangible and the intangible, or the physical and metaphysical, with Taurus holding the side of the fixed earth or the tangible physical, and Scorpio holding the side of the intangible or metaphysical. And I mean no hierarchy between the two. Both are strong and enduring signs. So both Taurus and Scorpio are fixed signs, and they serve as a balance to each other. And if you're looking at archetypal integration and using astrology in that way, you could even say that fully developing your Scorpio placements has also to do with developing the Taurus back end and vice versa. So they, they get to know that full range of movement on the axis line in order to better express themselves. I think I also said this in the last episode, but it's worth saying again, as a structural integrator myself or a Rolfer, one of Ida Rolf's quotes keeps me thinking of this axis line. As she said, you can't have the metaphysical without the physical. And it's also amazing because Ida Rolf, the creator of Rolfing and founder of Rolfing Structural Integration, was a Sun and Venus in Taurus person. So I think that's just perfect for her thinking and, and the way that she taught through using the body something she can get her hands on it's the physical so what then about a venus in scorpio a venus in scorpio is a fixed water venus generally water represents fluidity movement and feelings depths and emotion Water is shape-shifting and molds itself to whatever container it is in. And water is at its best when it does have a container, like a cup or a vase or a riverbank. Water can fill up a container, and a container can support water by making it useful. Like water in a cup is good for drinking or quenching thirst. Water likes to flow. And it also likes to ebb. So then how can we think of fixed or enduring water that Scorpio represents? Every time I'm at a waterfall, I get a sense of the enduring power of falling water and the kind of endless churning at the base of a waterfall. It often looks like a swirl or a vortex of spinning water that creates a kinetic energy that both can pull things in and spit them out. So there's a lot of movement there in a waterfall, but the waterfall appears consistent, especially if you're standing back from it. It's sort of mesmerizing in its consistency. Some people may also think about fixed water like a still deep pond. So on the surface, it appears placid and calm, 
But underneath the surface, there's tons of plant and animal life churning and moving and thriving. All the while, the surface is smooth and calm. And of course, every now and again, you see something jump up, right? Whether you notice the surface or the depth, fixed water has elements of appearing solid or solidity of constancy, while underneath the surface, or if you look closely at it, it's actually churning and moving and it moves deeply. And it, once again, I like that waterfall image, the churning vortex at the bottom of it that can both pull you in and push you away. So before we continue, think of that when it comes to a Venus and Scorpio, the essence of fixed water. Venus in our charts connects with desire. It connects with what we want. By contrast, while the moon connects with our emotions and our needs and, and what we need to feel emotionally nourished, a Venus is related to our wants and desires. Both the moon and Venus are important elements to feed in our charts and cultivate to keep the whole rest of the chart nourished. That's the language I would use with people or when I'm thinking of my own chart. But another way of saying this is by knowing and relating with our own wants and desires through Venus. We come into contact with our own personal agency around desire, self-care, and personal fulfillment. So often, and I this is sort of a, a philosophical thought about desire, is that we are in a time and some of us are in a culture depending on where we're living that desire can sometimes get a bad rap or that we're not supposed to have it or um that we're to tamp it down in some way but if we think about desire being archetypally linked to venus and it being celebrated in some times and cultures and in other places it's really tamped down it can be a really nice meditation to think, you know, why why would a culture tamp down the, the Venus principle or put desire under the rug or try to keep people away from their own desire? Another way of thinking of that is if we have this in our chart and all of us have desire, if we open ourselves to it and get to know what our wants and desires are, are we better able to fulfill that? And then also look out at humanity and notice the differences and notice places where we can be self-sufficient and actually honor our desire. So there's a lot to think about when we're opening to the Venus principle. And I think as a psychological astrologer and an integrator, somebody who's looking to welcome the whole chart in and welcome the whole body in and see how things can talk to each other and cooperate as a big system I think it's very helpful to look at desire and what our Venus is saying in our chart and actually feed it with our awareness. It's also less likely if we're looking at our own desire and looking how to fulfill that, we're less likely to project that onto other people or be upset when we see desire in others or expect that others would fulfill our desire or have resentment that other people are fulfilling their desires so that we are taking ownership and we're also participating in our wants and our desire. So if you have a Venus in Scorpio, 
broadly of Venus in Scorpio desires depth and connection with essential nature. It desires getting to the heart of the matter, trust, and truth. A Venus in Scorpio desires layers and loyalty and may love mystery or investigation or even the occult, things under the surface. This Venus needs places to penetrate and go deep and also enough insightfulness to pursue the depths with company, people, and places who are willing and able to go there. Because of its connection with depth, transformation, and the truth, this Venus can have a tendency to put others, potential loved ones or friends, to the tests of truth and time. Since loyalty and trust are so important to a Venus in Scorpio, and with that power of investigation, you can think of it as that Venus in Scorpio wants to investigate if this situation or this person is going to be trustworthy or potentially loyal. It may go to the distance to test others, once again, just to see if they are trustworthy. If this Venus is really unconscious, it can do that more often or more aggressively. It's really good to notice if you do have those tendencies. And there's certainly ways to give people the test of time and boundaries and things like that without being cruel or being uh, penetrating or aggressive. So there's ways to work with that. If you are the owner of a Venus in Scorpio or know someone who does have a Venus in Scorpio, it can be a vulnerable place for Venus since Scorpio traditionally is a Mars ruled sign and that's part of the reason why this Venus can sometimes feel fiery or intense because Mars is always closely related to this Venus in Scorpio but another way to look at this or relate with that Venus in Scorpio is that it so strongly desires connection and emotional intimacy and deep lasting connectedness that it can be at first suspicious or feel suspicious or uncertain if those desires could ever be met. But when that Venus in Scorpio settles beyond that initial fight or instinct to protect or survive or detest, there's nothing more deeply enriching and emotionally fertile than a Venus in Scorpio. A Venus in Scorpio desires depth and time to transform and unfold. And at times it also needs privacy too. It wants both space for reflection and deep diving and time with others or an other to connect with and share the depth of the mystery or the occult. A Venus in Scorpio may desire the space and the reverence to be its own kind of creature, to be appreciated for its own kind of maybe even nonverbal creature full of subterranean feelings, but it also and simultaneously desires soul connection with other seekers, deep divers, feelers, and lovers. Don't mistake a Venus in Scorpio as only cold or sharp. It can be that, but realize and notice the layers in yourself or others and give it time, even if those first connections are a little bit bristly. There are layers of deep waters churning with life, and there's so much there to unfold. 
So if you were to think about gifting yourself or another Venus in Scorpio, what would you consider? This is a fun way to spiral out a little bit and think more about receiving and giving. A Venus in Scorpio may at first feel chilly to receive or reception, or it may appear that it is. Remember that first layer. Especially if they're not sure of the motivation, or if they trust you yet, or if you're a new person. If you have a Venus in Scorpio or know someone who does, one of the best gifts you can offer is time and consistency. This may be showing up for yourself consistently to a journal or to collage or for therapy. For some, this is showing up with yourself for an artist date or committing to yourself in some way. Now, if you are offering someone with a Venus in Scorpio a gift, you may offer them a consistent time to check in for a phone call or to go on a walk, maybe a weekly walk or a monthly movie, some kind of gesture that allows time to build trust, unfolding, and a situation for bonding. But remember that side of the Scorpio that also desires private time. And again, don't mistake that for always being standoffish, but rather somebody who knows about boundaries. So that can be a really great gift for that uh, Venus in Scorpio is to have consistency, but also model boundaries together time and then some of that breaking off time. So often we rush through life and connections and we miss opportunities to build depth and long-lasting bonds that take time. A gift of Venus in Scorpio is its power for longevity and loyalty. It is a gold mine of connection and potency. So it's worth taking some time. Another way you could think of gifting a Venus in Scorpio is with something to investigate. And depending on their interest, you may think of things like games or puzzles, like word searches or crossword puzzles, two-minute mysteries, mystery novels, Jeopardy marathons, escape rooms, so what other things can you think of that may fulfill that desire to investigate or penetrate deeply or pursue the mystery? There are also some real-time games that are fun, like geocaching. And I'm sure there are many others where you're, you're involved with others maybe in real time or a murder mystery dinner or something like that where you can get your mind involved. And finally, we can think about that element of depth some more. So depth and intimacy being a desire of that Venus. So besides quality time and building trust with your own Venus in Scorpio or a Venus in Scorpio you know, people or places where you can go deep into thought or feeling to feel the waters or to feel your emotions is something worth contemplating. So for some, a really great gift maybe something where someone can go deep through the body. So you have to think if that's something that you're interested in or if someone you love has a Venus in Scorpio. Since water is usually nonverbal, the body can be a really wonderful place to go deep without having to speak about it. So deep tissue massage or things like rolfing, those are both deep experiences. Also Thai massage, uh, yoga classes, or meditation or retreats, so places where you can just dive in and you don't necessarily have to speak about it. This also might be time 
with a trusted partner, friend, or lover sexually or sharing physical intimacy or contact. Another thing is seeing if your Venus in Scorpio, if it does have a verbal edge to it, or you have other signs in your chart that that show that communication and verbalness is important, you may consider places you can have deep conversation. And this might be a spiritual mentor, a therapist. So that may fulfill some of that need for, for depth time. Another thing that can work really well is considering taking a long, deep hike or walk or engage in something that brings you into slow time that unfolds slowly over time where you don't have to hurry, but you can go deep with something. So slow cooking is a really good thing too, where you're able to slow down and really deepen in a long walk, a long hike, a long run. So contemplate how and where do you like to settle in and down beneath the surface? And I could see for some who are more of visual artists by nature that spending several hours painting or being in a nonverbal space where you can let the chatter settle and go deep is a place where you can really rejuvenate yourself. So that Venus wants to be able to drop down and come back up. And if you're gifting someone with that Venus in Scorpio, you may just gift them with the question, how do you like to go deep? Or where do you feel that you can drop in and be enriched? And that may be all the gift your Venus in Scorpio needs to begin to reveal the potential of life beneath the surface. I'll see you on the other side of the eclipses. Until next time, breathe deep, linger long.